0: We pick back up on this episode of Awful Stupid with Atlas now Bellomare the god of love and war standing along this bridge behind him the very ruins of the door that served as a launching point for fiends all across Goron and across from him stands Kristoff and Ezreal. In between them, the ash and bones of a corrupted frost. And they're met with nothing but silence and echoes in this drafty underground chamber. What do you guys do next? Time to leave, huh? Agreed. Time to leave.
1: Can, can we leave? Or are we stuck here?
2: Um... I, I, it's, I, We gotta start walking. I guess we'll head back the way we came and maybe we'll find an exit. We can't stay here.
1: We could, but I don't think it's a good idea.
3: What say you, Bellamere? It's time for me to go. Christoph, you are a very special person. And your your fate is not over yet. I I sense the sadness uh, that you have in your heart. All is not lost. This is only the beginning for you.
2: Uh, with all due respect uh, you murdered my friend so I'm not really talking to you right well I I guess I did just ask you a direct question um, is there can
3: you get us out of here is that a thing that you I did hear? not murder your friend um, in a way he's he's always been the, the chosen one to help restore the gods to their, to their full count he uh, you knew him well and I, I have vague memories of, of his time with you of, of how good a person he was and how much love he had. Not only for you, but it seems to be for, for all of mankind. Yeah. Um, I
2: just... You can see where it's not exactly the same for me. You can see how I'm never going to sit in a Red Roof Inn and eat hard biscuits with my friend again. And that's great that you're back. It really is. I'm sure that meets the cosmic tapestry of the universe, and I'm sure world peace and love will come to this world. And that's great. But I'm going to miss my friend.
3: And I'll miss you too, Christoph. But yes, I can. I can get you out of here. Uh, I don't know where you'd like to go, and your your friend can can go if somewhere else if she'd like.
1: I have nowhere else to be. No other plans.
3: We did it. I'm back. <laughs> and then I thank you for your help for for the sacrifices you've made and and I know that you have a lot to clean up now. But I know that the world is in good hands. We've we've ensured that the people that were created that they would always be cared for by those who Who cared enough for humanity itself to carry on. And you've done that. Where would you like to go?
2: Good for you. Uh, silence, please.
3: And you?
1: I'll go with him.
0: And so, almost mechanically, as if operating from memory, from this innate just will to do things, um, you you summon back Willow, the right arm of Bellomare, and you raise your axe up, and ever so gently, almost with precision, you cut a line in the air, and you form a tear, and at first it sparks with these red bolts between the two lines in the very tapestry of reality, and then you see a portal, a small portal form, and... In it, you can see the throne room of Prima Tassel.
1: Um,
3: and I imagine if, if they're going to walk through before they do that, um, Bellomare, I reach behind me and I pull out this tin, this box, and I hand it over to uh, Christoph, And I say, uh, These hot biscuits always will the best.
2: And I'll, uh... Nod, kind of bow my head. Thank you. I step through... I, I extend my arm to Ezreal.
1: I wait for a second. Um, Bellamere, if you could, uh... If you are our god, could you pass on a message for me?
3: I don't see why not.
1: Would you be so kind as to ask Alistair if he's satisfied. I can. Thank you. It was a pleasure. For some. <laughs> uh, so she takes uh, takes Kristoff's arm.
0: And we walk through the schism. And you walk through this portal and you feel your, your stomach twist and turn. You almost feel like you've been like spun top to bottom as you land on your feet in the portal just a little disoriented traversing through time and space Um, and you're in the middle of this throne room of primatacit and we will get to that in a moment Bellamere Atlas as it were you stand in the middle of this damp room with these ruined doors, and the world feels suddenly very small, a world full of adventure and excitement and danger and fear. All of those things seem to just kind of fade into the distance. and As your memories meld and they start to return, and you remember the war that happened between you and your brothers and sisters, and you remember the creation of Goldlock and all of the squabbling from start to finish. But you can't seem to remember what happened between now and then. You almost have this gap And so you have this longing, this innate need to go home. But before you do, I think, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, despite the fact that Atlas was your vessel, you almost feel this need to go see Henry and you raise up this blade, you raise Willow up, and you cut into reality again. And this time stepping forward, you land. Feet burst, as if gracefully stepping from one room to another next to Henry as he's working hard in the forge, building weapons. And you notice it's cold. And you can tell that you're on the front lines of silence just outside of the dome.
3: When I appear, am I as Atlas or am I as like the, the full power visions of... You are Bellomare.
0: Henry Farier And he turns around what the... And he grabs a blade and, like, raises it to you. How did you get in here?
3: God. And I want to, if, if I have the ability, just, like, a hand. This comes down to kind of calm him.
0: Uh, in what just way? Like just like, his, his emotions.
3: Like... Just kind of, it kind of affects his emotions. Calms his emotions a little bit.
0: Yeah, so you, you raise a palm and kind of lower it. And with your divinity, you kind of, like, force his emotions to be suppressed. Uh, who are you?
3: Who I am is not so important as who I was. Who I was was a son to a father who loved him very much and took care of him in a time of need. I was Atlas for a time and Atlas showed himself to be the vessel of the creation that I hope that all orcs and, and, and minotaurs would be a, a true creature of love and power and strength. Um, and in him, uh, he awoke with me. I was reborn. And I'm thankful for that. But there's a part of me who still has uh, Atlas and, and has a, a, a strong connection. It this love that I know it's all too well for you, Henry Ferrier, and for Teresa. And so I want to give you a gift.
0: I don't understand. Whoa. Where's my boy?
3: Atlas is no more. But he's not hurt. He's not. He didn't suffer any pain. He's. He's not in any way in in a place where someone should be afraid to go. In a way, we are the same beings, except I'm me. I'm Bellamare.
4: I don't have the words.
3: Uh,
4: This must be a dream.
3: Am I the 12-foot version of myself currently? Yes. Can I shrink to the
0: six-foot version of me? You are a divinity. Um, as the long, the the more not a divinity. You are a pillar god. As like you are in this form, you can transform back into Atlas. I would like, like to do that. It will. Um, so you begin to shrink slowly and methodically, and these brimstone this brimstone armor disappears, and the very form of Atlas stands before. Henry and he looks shocked, mouth agape. Atlas, uh, what, what happened? I just get a hug to him. you. And at first, it's strange, and he's kind of resistant, and then he accepts it. Like he just accepts that you're Atlas even if it's a trick and he hugs you back
3: and I'll, I'll kind of push him back with my hands on his shoulders to, to look at his face and I'll look up and down and I'm imagining he's in his, his war garments battle armaments yeah I say father there's, there's no need for for you to go in there anymore we've, we've, we've done it we've ended all of the, the the battle that would be all of the death that would happen because of these these doors that have been opened But I, I'm going to be gone, Father. There's all of the the, the time that I spent searching for adventure, all of the the time that I wanted to to do something more with my life, to feel like there was more out there. Well, uh, I found it. It found me.
4: What do I tell your mom?
3: Tell her I love her.
0: And he kind of nods and you kind of see him like um, back, like fighting back, like tears, like wells of water in his eyes.
3: I thank you so much for picking me up off the the road that day and raising me to be the man that I, I am and have become the world is a much better place because of people like you
0: and he just like begins to silently cry
3: could you do me one more favor
4: of course
0: name it
3: it's really two part one uh, could you look after Kristoff for me I don't he, he's not taking well to this. And I'll, I'll you know, have myself look up and down, kind of changing it in, into the form of Bel and back to Atlas. He's not taking this very well. But he's changed so much, Father. The man he was when I first met him, to the man that he is today, he has no idea uh, the potential good and the things he he's going to change for the better. He's just wrapped in sadness right now. And if you could also, and I wonder, and this is out of character, I wonder, do I know the status of Rowan currently? You do not. Then I'll say, uh, and if you could uh, uh, tell Rowan the same thing. <gasps> of, of course. Well,. Uh, my brothers and sisters are calling me back. I, I don't know myself entirely what's going on, but it's time for me to go. And he, like,
0: lunges forward and gives you, like, another big squeeze. Of
3: course, I hug him back.
0: And you depart. You slice open another tear in reality and you step through it. This time, you're back on that... Black void of a floor with stars beneath you and above you, and there's five seats, and there's four, the other four are empty, and you sit a, uh, atop of your throne, your pillar,
3: and you say, What? When? Did you get the story you were looking for?
0: And then. We find ourselves in the throne room with Kristoff and Ezreal, their heads spinning almost from the mere events that have just unfolded and the transportation and standing before them is a very tired Findle and palace. Brother, what happened?
2: I um I walk up to them and I and I take my my new uh magical spear and I break off um frost shard and I keep the staff I, I, I separate the two and I um I hand the staff to Pallas and I hand the uh shard to Fendle and I just say
0: uh, It's done. And so Findle takes this and says, "My boy,
4: did you take Frost's wand? That's not very nice. You know he needs it. He's not very talented without it. He
2: doesn't need it anymore, did Findle. And I pa- and I hand him the Andron of uh, the
0: medallion of Andron. But way What are you, what are you saying, Kristoff? He didn't make it, Findle. And you kind of see him like grip the artifact, like the wand in his hand. (sighs) Okay. That idiot. It should have been me, I. The door's closed.
2: Closed and destroyed.
0: And you kind of see like, um, Findle, this older, this older, almost like frail Findle at this point, he's just exhausted. I guess that leaves one more thing, then. <clears throat> and you hear Pallas pipe up and say, He's right, brother. We need to fix what our family started.
2: Um, Of course, tell me what I need to do. We need to fix
0: the tear. The tear and the torrent, it's it's what's caused all of this. It's what allowed these doors to open and become this powerful, as they have become so far.
1: How do we even begin to do that?
0: Well, and he kind of looks at the staff. This is a good start. We're going to need to go inside the torrent. quick mid-roll we are in the last few episodes of campaign one the door to Goron. and there's something that we just wanted to say a thank you for listening b if you haven't joined our discord you absolutely should it's such a beautiful community everybody's talking about the show getting together for games like we motivate each other and so realistically if you haven't joined our discord you should If you haven't joined, you can go to discord.lawfulstupid.org. Join in, have fun, talk to us, interact with us. Please, we crave it. We need it. And speaking of Discord, for the finale episode, we're going to be live streaming it in our Discord. We're going to do something called a listener party. We've done a few of these, but we're going to do one for the finale. It's going to be wonderful. All of us are going to listen to, for the very first time, the finale you should be here for that it's August 26th 9 p.m. and it really is something you want to be a part of also one more thing to celebrate the ending of C1 we're doing a huge 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 20% off in our merch store so if you don't have a t-shirt if you don't have a, a wall print or a poster and you've been wanting to get one well now's the time and you can go to our store, you can go to our website, or you can go to store.lawfulstupid.org and get in on the fun. And we really, 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 really wanted to say thank you, and we hope to see you in our Discord. We're going to need to go inside the torrent. Oh. Again? <laughs> and you hear Fendel say, Unfortunately, I... I think he's right, you can't stop that from the outside, but I think it's going to be fine. Sure thing, send me in. And you hear Pallas say, you're, you're not doing this alone, brother. This is one thing I w- I won't let you go into it alone once more. I've I've been there before, Palace. It will literally tear you apart. And he kind of looks at the staff and he says, "I think it will tear someone apart. Who am I to deny you your uh, your chance? By all means." And uh, Fendel says. Where... where is the... T- Christoph? Where's Atlas? Um... Gods only know. No, Christoph. Frost died. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't tell me Atlas died too. Um...
1: Not quite, but...
0: He.
2: He ascended. He was, um. Bellemere the whole time. Who? Apparently the fifth pillar god of war and love?
4: <laughs> you know, I. I. I haven't heard of him.
2: Well importantly, kind of an important fella. Um, Atlas is a drop now in an ocean of divinity. We shall not see him, nor his like,
0: again. And the palace begins to uh, lead you guys out of the throne room and kind of like down some staircases as you talk. and. Uh, You hear Findle say, You know, I uh, would have never seen Atlas as a god. That's I I don't know what to make of that.
2: It makes sense to me. He was better than any man I ever knew.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to miss his teeth. Well,
2: the other you at the very least. I think I'm going to miss... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I think I'm going to miss every goddamn thing about him.
0: Me too, Christoph. Me too. And you guys send further, and you you travel what feels like six flights of stairs. And this is not something you recognize, Christoph? Like, it's like a, a tower under the castle that you've never visited. Um, And Palace, like, opens this door using the staff. Like, you can very much see, like, the staff was somehow connected to it. And the doors kind of, like, swing open. And you step forward into another throne room. One long forgotten, like, covered in dust and um where the throne was there's like a broken throne it's like shattered down the middle it's still in place but it's like cracked and you can see this feedback loop it's almost like twists and turns and these metabolic style tendrils wrapping in on themselves and spinning and and it's like piping out random bolts of arcane energy across the room and like hitting the walls and you can as you look around the walls you see these like burn marks these scorch marks and cracks everywhere and palace says this is it long it has been long the Shindo line to quell this to keep it at bay and i don't think it's possible anymore I think it's time to coast. I'm with you. When we go in there, Fendor, what, what do we do? And Fendor kind of looks between Pallas and Kristoff and says, Kristoff, I think you'll know. but I don't think you can go in there like that. And he, like, steps forward to you, and he hands you Frost's Winter's Bite back, Mm -hmm. his artifact. And he looks at the medallion, the Heart of Andron, and says, You're... You're going to need all the help you can get. And this has been a long time coming, I think. And um, so he kind of like puts the medallion in his pocket. And you see him bring up his right hand. And he begins to unbuckle the maw of Andrin. And you watch as he like slides it off of his hand. And he hands it over to you. It's, um, it's not going to,
2: it's not going to, you know, and I just
0: kind of point to my head. And you see him like, (coughs) no, no, just don't wear it for a decade. I think you'll be fine. And, uh, and he like puts the heart of Andrin over his, like, like his neck and he says uh, when you when you come back I'll return your half sounds
2: like a deal and I put on the maw
0: of Andrin when you put on the maw of Andrin uh, so you you slide your right hand in it and um, it's kind of big for you um, it's it's something you've never really like taken notice of that findle despite being this old man and kind of frail, like he was just slightly larger than you. Yeah. Um, and you watch as the andron begins to slowly form to you after you like buckle it, and it fits you perfectly, and you feel this surge of power, like. This untold, untapped, pure connection to the torrent, even despite the, the absence of magic here in front of this tear, and it feels real good. Very well. And pa- Palace looks at you and says, huh. and looks at his staff and looks at. both of your artifacts and says if this doesn't do the trick brother I'm not sure I know what will
2: I have an idea it involves a metric fuckton of
0: copper wire (laughs) (laughs) okay follow me then after you and he steps forward into the tear with the staff. And I reach the mob andron out in front of me and step forward. Kristoff, um, you feel yourself sucked into the tear. Ezreal, you stand next to Findel as you watch Pallas and Kristoff disappear. Um, what is your immediate reaction?
1: Do we think they can do this? <clears throat>
0: I'm sure I'm sure they can.
1: <clears throat> is is there anything we can do from out here or do we help them from the inside?
0: And he, you kind of watch him like stagger back like he almost like loses his balance and he like sits against the wall. <sighs> I think we just. I think we just wait.
1: Do you, are you alright? Do you need. Do you. Findle?
4: What, dear? What, what is it?
1: If you need some help, I'm a healer. I can help you.
0: <laughs> I don't think. Uh, <gasps> I don't think you. have the juice with this one, dear and you watch as he uh seemingly drips drifts off
1: drifts off like
0: he closes his sleep. eyes and his head like turns I mean you can get closer and investigate Yeah here. I'm
1: gonna get closer like I'm gonna like start prepping some kind of like
0: Yeah roll a medicine check.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: really uh yeah so you 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 kind of hurriedly move to a side and, and kneel next to him and panic panic panic, panic. <laughs> you do what what are you are you checking for pulse like
1: yeah, describe like, to me
0: like what you're doing like your physical reaction to this like,
1: like quickly rising horror uh <laughs> um, that's emotional <laughs> that's emotional uh, <laughs> um like Checking him, you know, trying to shake him like Findle, Stay with me, and just like starting to like go through all the different healing spells in my head. What can I use to help him?
0: And and so you uh, you shake him like, and his body just like slumps forward onto you. Eh. And as you like feel like you put your hand up to his neck and kind of look for a pulse, and you don't you don't feel. One and so then you put, you know, you get closer to him, you kind of pull him in, and he's not breathing.
1: Uh. Well, that's never a good feeling, so I'm just gonna gently lay him back down. His eyes are closed already, and everything, and he's just peaceful.
0: For the first time for you, Findle has been. Findle is now silent and still and peaceful looking.
1: I'll probably take off, like, the outer cloak, whatever outer caper cloak I may have, mm-hmm. and, like, kind of, you know, bundle it up and lay him on it. You know, honestly, you know, like a headrest kind of, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Lay him out as peacefully and respectfully as possible, and I don't think there's much else I can do.
0: <laughs> and as you, so as you attempt to make him more comfortable, you notice um, just in the last few moments, the color in his hair fade to this gray, this white, and his his already wrinkled skin, his his experienced skin, the face was. So much pain on it, it; it almost gets more frail in just a moment's time. And as you as you kneel over the body of Findel, we go to Kristoff and Pallas, and they're in this whirlwind of arcane energy, and it's it's filling their ears and sparking. And Pallas says, "Brother, what do we do next? Brother, get, come to me, come here." And um, you, you, it's like walking through a sandstorm of mm-hmm. glass and fire and electricity, and it is painful. It's not nearly as bad as the last time you yeah. went through. By all accounts, you are loaded and more powerful, but it is painful you can hear palace like grunting and screaming. This is the worst pain he has ever felt. And you feel him like touch onto your, uh, your off hand, your left hand.
4: Hold on, hold on to
2: my collar and stay behind me.
0: And oh, so he, he does that. He kind of moves up from your left hand and grabs your collar.
2: Whatever you do, don't let go. And I'll hold
0: the Maw of Andrew out in front of both of us. And I'll just try to walk against the storm. And so as you do that, you kind of notice that the Maw of Andrin almost like, like a flashlight, kind of like makes this tunnel for you to walk through. Um, it's, it's still painful, but the roar of the wind and the cutting of the glass against your skin is, is subdued, suppressed. It's, it's there, but it's muted, and you're able to walk forward and, and relatively see ahead of you. Um, and, and it's not long from a walk—not long of a walk, but an arduous walk all the same. You see this dagger shoved into the ground, the ground of the Arcane Torrent, right? And as you kind of like get closer, you can see that there's this seal—or not seal. Um, there is this symbol on it, this sigil, even. And you know it to be that of the Shindo clan. And you can feel this power, this dark torrential energy just pouring off of it. And when you like look with your eyes, like really look, it's just black and it's smoking and it's pouring and you can tell this is this is the cause of the feedback loops. This is the cause of all the mana voids and arcane mute spots and all the pain from this. A dagger cursed and placed by your ancestor.
2: I, uh, I reach out to uh, the palace with my left hand, the hand that has uh, Altri and Shindo, our father's sigil ring on it, and I take his hand and I go, together?
0: Of course! he like raises up his left hand and like grabs yours and then we reach forward together
2: and we grab the dagger
0: and you do that and it is so painful our vision is filled with white snow and disrupted by the visage of Abon, the fire Janassi, sitting atop a griffin made of black ink. Its form shimmered and the ink swirled in place, its magic rotating and swirling as the ink moved around the lines of the creature, as if a river following its paths. Across from our fiery friend stands a slender, bipedal figure wreathed in shadows and feathers made of the night sky the figure raises its right hand and extends a raven-like claw beckoning Avon over she dismounts hesitation written all over her face she knows that she was summoned here and it couldn't have been for a good reason the hairs at the nape her neck stand tall as she her boots crunch against the nearly undisturbed snow. She stares into the face of the figure across from her, its eyes dark blue, wells of energy. Avon had heard of this shadow of Goron and all the stories that had went along with it. This, seeing it in person, was somehow disturbing. She told herself silently that in just a few moments, this would all be over. Avon called out, her southern drawl shaking in the wind, shaking in her own confidence as she spoke. The figure nodded, its raven head even more ominous as it did so. The shadowy smoke, like feathers, shook in an unnaturally slow motion as it did so. Well? She prodded forcing herself to be the dominant one in this conversation.
1: Out
4: with it, then. What did you call me here for?
0: The shadowy figure put its claw into its robe and pulled free a letter. The letter was freshly written, and on it an ancient wax seal was embossed.
4: I have a letter for you to deliver.
0: The figure said, its voice reverberating in Avon's ears.
4: A letter? What do I look like?
0: She was cut off by the shadow raising its hand, its palm facing her as if silencing a small child. You're the only one I can trust. One of the few remaining Kyrie. You shall deliver this letter, and you shall deliver it without its future bearer noticing. The raven-headed figure's voice continued to bounce back and forth in her mind as it spoke.
1: Oh, shall I?
0: She asked, getting heated. She didn't appreciate being told what to do. In truth, she never had. Not as a child, and not now.
1: And what makes you think that I'm going to do that?
0: The shadowy figure turned its head sideways and mechanically cocked its head, as birds do. This made Avon even more disturbed. Birds were already creepy. A shadowy, bipedal, talking birdman wasn't helping that feeling at all. The figure extended its claws with a letter in hand clearly showing the crest emblazoned in the wax seal.
1: Is that real?
0: She asked in amazement and awe.
1: There's no way that could be official.
0: I assure you, it is. You understand why I ask for you now, Chiron? Avon frowned. She did understand. She understood all too well. She furrowed her brow took the letter from the figure.
1: Avia the Blue.
0: She read the words aloud.
1: Interesting
0: indeed. She said more to herself than to the raven. The raven continued to stare at her through one eye, its head cocked sideways still.
4: "'Well, that's enough for me, then, if there's nothing else,'
0: she said as she put the letter in her satchel and mounted her griffin. She tried not to look at the head of her mount for fear of shuddering right off the saddle. The figure shook its bird head, and Avon spurred the mounted action. She took flight and tried her best not to look back at the shadowy figure in the distance.' As Abon's form vanished into the distance, the shadowy figure stood still in the vast snowy fields of silence. The figure waved a hand, and the shadows began to fall free of it. It turned and began its long trek back to the barrier containing the capital of silence. The shadowy feathers leaving a trail as the figure walked, snow crunching beneath its feet. As the last of the skies fell away, we can clearly see Findle. Findle brushes off a few lingering feathers and lets loose a deep sigh. <sighs> you feel this darkness begin to climb through both of your hands. And you watch Pallas instinctively point that staff at your hands, and he's not a magician or a wizard or any type of actual caster, but you're watching as, like, magic is, like, attacking your hands, the darkness on your hands, and he's just trying to push it back.
2: I take my mod hand and I put it over both of our hands,
0: kind of like two hand-gripping it now. Mm Mm-hmm. And the two of you kind of pour your very will into this, your very souls into this. And you watch as the darkness gets pushed back into the blade and it starts to get almost like vacuumed slowly, methodically back into the blade. And you just, you're starting to feel this softness. It's almost like it was too easy. like the world is just, the torrent was built for you and you watch as the dagger crushes in on itself. And everything feels right. And there's a loud, Ezreal, as you stand over or as you kneel over Fendel, for you it is a roaring noise that fills the chamber. (laughs) And the feedback loop is gone.
1: And it's quiet?
0: It's quiet. You can hear your own heartbeat.
1: Did they leave behind any sort of like rift? Like arcane rift or anything that they walked through? Or... No. I think I just sit there. It's been a day. Just taking in the silence.
0: And on your knees, next to the body of Fendal, your beating heart, the only sound in the chamber.
4: Whoo!
3: Ba da ba
2: da 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 So this is going to be some
1: great news when Christoph gets back. Uh... <laughs>
2: Everything I love is dead. (laughs) Well 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 well. Well. uh Dwayne Thank you first and foremost Second and second most um we get a little confirmation on on, uh the next episode is that um Perfect? Is, that, is, that the, is, this, is this the second-to-last episode of Lawful Stupid?
0: Devin, I think
3: you need to roll for... A- <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> he gives nothing away! To the last
2: moment, he gives nothing!
3: <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the episode uh, this week's roll, this month's roll rally. <laughs> it's me, the God yeah. Man. Uh,
2: Everything's great for me. He's
3: brought to you by... Adoption Exchange, we're rolling for humanity for them. The cause is they hook children up who are in the foster care system with parents who are um, in the process of, of really just wanting to take these kids in. So they don't have to sit in the foster care system as long as they do until they find a permanent home for these kids. So it's a really awesome cause. roll that D20 for us and we are gonna get a 16, that is $16. Ooh. It goes towards Adoption Exchange. Mm-hmm. Where are those rolls when I need them in game? You know what? Mm. I'll give them over Adoption Exchange. It's fine with me. It's fine. Yep. You, rolled you, you,
0: you rolled real only good. good. He's got mad ability scores. Don't even worry about it. He'll cover up this shit
3: Roll.
2: <laughs> roll a two. That is a
3: 43. What? That's <laughs> a 30. I rolled a d20. I don't get it. Two, but there it is. Two, two, two on die, 42. That's my, <laughs> <the> dirty
4: score.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's my weak stat. That was intelligent. That, that's an <laughs> intelligence saving throw. Hey, seriously, Dwight? <sighs>
0: I, I really appreciate everybody listening and going on this journey with us. And, but I think there's nothing more appropriate than to say bye. Oh, bye. bye. We love you. Bye. bye.
2: Great. (laughs) It makes me happy.
0: Avia fills our view, standing at the edge of a cliff to the north of Yuri, the crown jewel of Orenthal painted in ambers and pinks as the sun began its slow descent into dusk. She looks out over Yuri, a somber smile across her face as she pulls free a letter from her robes. She idly turned the letter over in her hands, examining it. We can see the letter is worn from travel, and as she runs her finger over the wax seal, we can plainly see the small flame and crystal symbol. An old arcana symbol, Avia says aloud to the empty air. She frowned. The corners of her mouth turned downward and her brow furrowing. But why? Her fingertips begin to flow and the wax seal slides free but stays intact. She opened the letter gingerly and unfolded it. My dearest Avia, by
4: the time you read this, you'll have passed on to the next world. I don't want you to be sad or worried. I knew it was coming, and I've made peace with it. I knew our past has been mired in frustration and resentment. I sympathize with how you feel, and I would have made the same decision still. We have come so far since I gifted you with a mantle, and I am honored to have known you. Avia, you are by far one of the most talented mages I have ever had the pleasure of knowing. I hope you find what you are looking for at the side of Kristoff and his servants. If you don't, Avia, I hope you continue forward on your own path. Don't let the weight of the mantle keep you from moving onward. One more thing. Kristoff is going to be lost for a while. Everyone will assume he is dead. And Abia, I assure you he is not. He is lost to the Torrent. You can find him, but it won't be easy. I've written some instructions for a spell I think may help you find him. Apia, proceed with caution. The spell I give you isn't for the faint of heart. I know you can do it. You are, after all, Avian the Blue. I just implore you to go into ignoring the gravity of this spell. Forever gratefully yours, Fender,
0: Summerhorn. Tears drop slowly. Beginning to stain the page, the ink of words blurring slightly, and Avia folds and puts the letter away. What have you gotten yourselves into? Avia asked aloud, as if expecting Kristoff or Findle to respond. Her only reply was the same reply she had been getting from the coin. Silence.